All right. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome. God is good. God is good. God is good. Let us pray so we can get started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, for as long as we have breath, we will praise you. For as long as our heart beats, we will sing. Lord, as long as life flow in our veins, blood flow in our veins, we will honor you, we will bless your name. So we are here today to do exactly that at the feet of the cross. In the same position that Mary took when you visited Mary and Martha. And you said Mary has chosen a position that is more valuable that she will get a reward for. Father God, the position where we draw near to you and you draw near to us, where we listen to you and then you minister to us, where we, we just, just revel in your love, just want to drink up the cup that comes from your hand. One, one glimpse of you, Lord God, one, one, one drink of that cup, just something that will make a change in our life for the moment. And for eternity. We thank you, Lord, for that is where we are today. We are here today, Lord, to honor you and to just realize that God in this life, you said your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And when we come under the canopy of your name to study and to learn from your word, we get the light that shines on our path. We get the light that brightens our way, and we will not stumble even when it's dark. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for those on their way coming. We know, God, you are bringing them speedily here. And, I, and, oh, God, we just want to honor you and glorify you for just a wonderful Wednesday service. May your name be praised, so, God, I decrease that you might increase in me, Lord, and that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, be acceptable unto you today and now and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to be here before us again uh, to share the word. I know pastor had been trying to get me to do this. Uh, two weeks, he couldn't get me because I had to work on a Wednesday. And finally, he got me to do this today because I'm off today. Thank God. Well, it's a good thing to be off from work once in a while. <laughs> oh, Lord, you don't have much fellowship with me. It's when we do this, this walk, 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 walk thing that never ends. Amen. But, well, thank you for coming. And thank you for wanting to listen to the word that God will bring to us today. Uh, I'm excited. And that's why I'm excited because uh, if you can see uh, the preamble on, the, on your sheet of paper there, that is an initial of somebody that you're going to hear from today. Um, Israel here. Those who can you give to them. Hallelujah. So we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But let's look at um, the text today from John chapter 21. John chapter 21.
I will just try a couple of verses and then I will uh, I'll proceed. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, We also will go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and uh, that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. When morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. In verse 7 we have, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he got his fishes coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. Uh, I'll go on to that sometime later as we go proceed with this message today. Well, that's our text for today. And I'm going to be speaking to us on when I know it is the Lord. And then I said on the preamble, if you look at your little uh, handout there, uh, somebody will bear witness to what I'm going to say today because she got that started when we were praying in the little closet on Sunday, Sister Phyllis. I'll give her a time to say what she had in mind, because I feel when I told her that Phyllis, you're just preaching about my message today. You just hit the nail. That for me was a confirmation, because I knew when the word came to me, before I came to service on Sunday, it was just very clear. And when she hit that chord, I told Phyllis, I agree with everything you just said in that prayer meeting, in the closet there, and I'll just give a few minutes to just said the little clip of what she told the choir, the choir team when we were praying in the closet there. Oh, okay. um, Connie has been asking us <coughs> the last few weeks, what are our expectations for worship? What do we expect? Are we coming expecting anything or is it just normal? So Sunday, all I could see while we were praying was that Jesus was just standing right in front of us. And I asked the worship team, what would you do if Jesus was standing right in front of you? How would your worship be? How would you worship him? And all I could just, just see him just standing there with his arms out. And the response was out. What were we going to do? And I asked the worship team, what were we going to do? What would your worship be? be Jesus was standing there. Right? That's true. And that's where my own message comes from. When I know it is the Lord. As opposed to, I know the Lord. I know it is the Lord. But when I know it is the Lord, what happens after that? From the text we just read, I don't want to go ahead of myself, we can see the scenario. This is the disciples, the great wonderful fishermen of, of, of the time, doing their normal profession. 
And the Bible says that they did not know, the initial verse, the verse 4, that this person that was just talking to them right now was the Lord. But down the road, the Bible says, when the disciple that loved Jesus said this, then an action took place. He says, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. And immediately Peter could not just resist that urge to want to investigate that statement he just had. So when we know it is the Lord, what happens? We know a couple of things about our Lord Jesus Christ. I have some blank spaces there if you can fill them out. We know God is God. We know that. We know God is our Savior. We know God is good. We know God always does things right. We know all of those stuff. And they are good knowledge, of course. And we know his ways always is the best, even if it seems all wrong to us sometimes. And we know even if we ask him for one thing and receive another, we can always trust him all the same. So we know those kind of things that goes on. Uh, there was somebody who um, prayed a prayer to God and said, God, I need a butterfly and uh, a flower. Um, that was his prayer. For whatever reason, why he needed a butterfly and a flower, who knows? But I mean, that's what his prayer to God. Father, I need a butterfly and a flower. And uh, he waited for a while, for some time. He didn't really get what he was asking the Lord for. You know, and then uh, all down the road, a few days after, he rather saw something strange. And what did he saw? He saw a cactus and a caterpillar. And he was taken aback. Lord, I prayed for a butterfly and a flower. Why, Why cactus? What has a cactus and a caterpillar got, got to do with a butterfly and a flower? While he was taken aback, he was kind of stunned. And then um, uh, a couple of days after that, you know, he noticed something dramatic going on uh, with a cactus. The cactus had suddenly transformed because of the workings of the caterpillar inside of it. And then before you knew it, what came out of this cactus-infested caterpillar was a beautiful butterfly and a flower that bloomed out of that, uh, uh, that plant. So initially, just to buttress the point, initially he thought what he was asking God for, God did not give it to him. But the Almighty God came another way. So we know those kind of things do happen sometimes in our life. We know those kind of scenarios. God gives us what we need at the appropriate time. There's no doubt about that. We know that. We know that he always knows how to differentiate between our wants and our need. We know that because the scripture says so. We know that when we want some, when we want something, some, uh, what we want oftentimes is not what we need because the Father has the perfect gift and the perfect answer to our prayers uh, at any given time. So we know those things. This are, we can even add more to that list. The things we know as believers. We know we are saved by grace through faith. We know we can only access God by faith in us and not by our own works of righteousness. We know we have come to know him because he says we are his own friends. So that knowledge is there. I mean, I believe that even if you look at the disciples, for instance, they knew him because he called them. He says, uh, hey, come. You know, that was when the ministry started. Peter, Peter, come on now. Come on board. I need you. You know, he came and he began to relate with the Father. He began to relate with God. He began to with the Son of God. And then, of course, Andrew came on board. Nathaniel came on board. So these are disciples that walk with him. And I believe they know him as 
as, a, as, a, as, a, as God, as, as the Son of God. But what I think catches my interest in this knowledge is there is this other level which I want to clarify that I believe that is where we do develop problems as believers. And I can see it in the life of the disciples and a few other characters I'm going to pinpoint in this message today. You know, and one of the things is that when we know it is the Lord as opposed to what we know to be the Lord, the knowledge we have of God, which I've highlighted earlier, as opposed to a situation, a manifestation, something that just happened or something that just presents itself that shows that it is the Lord. Because if you look at the scenario in the book of John chapter 21 we just read, the disciples were fishing. And here was Jesus on the shore. And somebody, the scripture tells us in verse 4, that but when the morning came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was him. And then down the road after that event that took place, one of that disciples that Jesus loved says, it is the Lord. And then somebody rushed in to grasp a closer look of what he had just heard. But then they knew God. They know him. They know him that he is their God. He is the savior of the world. He, 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 he was the one they walked with as a father. And then this comes, this other point I'm trying to bring here. What about that it is the Lord that was eluding them? Because that seemed to suggest that there's another realm. There's another uh, 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 level in the Christian walk, in the Christian race that God needed or has need to elevate us all to. Because it's not just the knowledge I mentioned about that God is good, God is love. God. It's not just that, but it's another level that we need to know. So that when we see it, whether as a personal, impersonal, or as a material or immaterial stuff, when we see that manifestation, we can tell it is the Lord. Amen. Are we getting me? We'll look at some examples later on. So what do we do when we know it is the Lord? And I said, uh, because I'm giving the credit to Sister Phyllis who hit that chord on Sunday, and I like the key that she likes to play songs with. He likes the key of D. She likes the key of D. I put it there in honor and credit to her that you play the key of D when you know it is the Lord. Play the key of D when you know it is the Lord. And I have a couple of these. You can add more to that. To the list. And the first one is you're diving. And that is first John chapter 21 we just read about. When Peter knew or heard that it is the Lord, his action was to dive in right away. He dived in right away to take take that opportunity to see exactly what he just heard. And that means that it's just the urgency when you know a manifestation that you have seen is the Lord. You don't. You're going to say we're going to see a couple of examples that has the rapid response, the rapid emergency response to want to catch the glimpse of that initial knowledge, of that initial revelation, if you will. That first knowledge we have about God is like a positional knowledge, is a level of uh, where we try to get to know Him one on one. But there's another level, if I'm not getting ahead of myself now, another level where we talk about the revelation knowledge, that supernatural knowledge of him that can never be in any way confused at all with any 
irritations or any, uh, uh, any, any distraction. You know and know and know that it is the Lord. It is the hand of the Lord. Or what just happened was the Lord just happened. Or the storm that just came through, that is the Lord that just went by. So, we dive in and take the advantage of knowing that it is the Lord. We don't hesitate. We respond to that uh, revelation, that uh, word of wisdom, that knowledge. We do the next key, which is another D, we draw from it. We draw from that revelation. It is the Lord. You draw from it. That's John chapter 11, verse 28. Now, you, most of us know that story very well about uh, Lazarus. Um, uh, Lazarus lay dead, four days gone. Mary and Martha were disenfranchised. They were just not happy about it. And then Master Jesus showed up on the scene. Mary was still, um, you know, still depressed and all those things. And then suddenly, when she had, when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, "The teacher has come and is calling for you." And that transition has it. It is the Lord. He is here. The Lord is here. Look at what happened when Mary heard that. In the next verse. In verse, verse 29, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly. Um, urgency, response is rapid. She arose quickly and came to him. There is, that's the revolution. It's not just a pastor showed up, pastor has come, but this is, the Lord is here. And immediately, Mary took action. And that, again, stresses the point. That when we come to that level that God is elevating us to, the relative level, that level of closer intimacy and that supernatural knowledge of him, the response is always rapid. It's always rapid at any given time. So we draw from that. So Mary took advantage of that knowledge, decided to go to the master to draw from the master the wisdom. And even that wisdom about the fact that his brother, her brother, was going to be well and it was going to be raised. Amen? We play the next key of D, which is we drop in adoration. We drop in worship. In Genesis 24, verse 48, it says, And I bowed low and worshipped the Lord, to be that, and the blank is there, to be the wife of my master's son. That was Isaac, who was proclaiming, in verse 45, which I also added there on your, on your, on your hand, that before I had finished praying in my heart, Isaac said, I saw what I will call him, simply paraphrasing it, he saw the Lord. It is the Lord. When he saw Rebecca coming out with the water, with the water jug on her shoulder, he immediately knew it is the Lord. It is the one the Lord was Waiting to show him that was going to be the wife of his master's uh, uh, son. Uh, you know the story very well when he was asked to go to not look for any wife for uh, Isaac. Um, that the, the Abraham's master, uh, Abraham's servant was to look for a, a, a wife for Isaac. And he was not supposed to find any wife from the Canaanites, but go to their countrymen and find a wife for Isaac. And so the Bible says that he prayed. And he saw the face of the Lord and said, Lord, if I can see the person that would do this for me and do this for my uh, the animals I'm bringing with me, I will know it is you. And sure enough, in verse 45, the Bible says, when he has finished saying the prayer and saw Rebecca, he knew this is the Lord. God manifested himself in a supernatural way. 
And then the reaction to that supernatural manifestation of it is the Lord was, he says, I bowed down and worshipped. There's always an action. When that supernatural revelation of the Lord comes, there's always an action that comes to that. And it's always a rapid, rapid action. Amen? In discerning, there's the next one there. The next D is discerning. I put that in there because somehow the, when I was preparing this message, it, it just hit me hard that, of course, when there is a revelation of the Lord, when it is the Lord, when we know that it is the Lord, wouldn't it make sense that being able to know that this is the Lord gives us an edge to know what is not the Lord? And that is where discerning comes into place. Okay, this is the Lord. I know it is the Lord. It is not that he say he has said the Lord, but I know it is the Lord. That gives us an edge over what is not the Lord, then what is not true God, what is counterfeit, which is what I had there, to be able to discern between the original and the counterfeit. And we learned that from Matthew chapter 13, which is the verse I wrote down your handout, Matthew 13, 24 to 26. The story about the weeds and the tar. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed a good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tars also appeared. But you, you can go, the story is, is, is familiar to us. But then again, like I said, this is just a, a classic example where God is real because of that revelation, that knowledge that we have of him, that true intimate knowledge that we have of him, giving us an edge over how to know when it is not the true thing, when it's not the real God, when it's not the real thing from God. So I put that in there because for me it was quite significant as one of the keys to play uh, on the key of D when it comes to it is the Lord. Moving on, then we go to the next key of D, which is disperse. If it is the Lord, we don't hold it back. We don't keep it to ourselves. I mean, it kind of just will blow our mind. Last Sunday, we saw somebody that did it in our, in our own. We said, no, nobody should do it with me, and I'm going to spin around. <laughs> you thought maybe she was going crazy. But it is the Lord. You know, it is the Lord that was money, doing that little little jiggle there. That, that's what it is, because... You don't hold it back. You, it 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 bursts forth. It it releases itself, not only to the immediate environment, but to the environment beyond. We disperse it. We distribute it. We disseminate it. We disperse that knowledge that we've just received about the Lord in Luke chapter twenty-four, verse thirteen. I read. If you have it on the board, there we read from there. Rest about the two gentlemen that were going on their way to Emmaus. Now, behold, the two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. So it was while they were conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk? And I said, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said unto him, are you a, only a stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happen there these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty indeed 
word before God and all the people. Verse 20, uh, next verse, and how the chief priests and other rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And then he said to them, O oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, how ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expanded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew near to the village they were where they were going, and they indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is fast spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as they sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened. I want us to note that because it's very important as I conclude, when I conclude my message. And then their eyes were opened and they knew him. Their eyes were open and they knew him. Who opened those eyes? That was God. But I think I will give you a little bit of highlight on that later on. But once those eyes were open, they knew it was the Lord. I think I should finish the, to the next verse there. Let's see what happens there. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up. That very hour, I returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. This is their response. And saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And verse 35, and they told about the things that had happened, dispersing it, disseminating it, announcing it. They were dispersing the message. This is what happened on the way as we were going and how we opened our eyes and we knew it was him. So we don't hold it back. We tell it. We disperse it. We distribute it. We, that's another great, great, great key, key to play, the key of this to play, when we get the revelation, when it comes to us, and we know that it's just nothing that can explain that away because we know it's for real. That revelation is for real. It is the Lord. How does God look like today then? Is he any different than yesterday? Is it different from the manifestations that we've discussed earlier or are they no longer evident in our world today? So one of the greatest truths of scripture is that no man has ever seen God, according to John chapter, 1 John chapter 4. But only him, Jesus, had, has been in, who has been in heaven and came down, has revealed him to, to us in Matthew eleven twenty-seven. 27. Paul also declared in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, Romans 1.20, we can put it on the, scripture, on the, on the, on the, on the screen there. In, for, this, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What are clearly seen? His invisible attributes. 
This is how the message translation puts it. I like it this way. The message translation says, since the creation of the world, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. That's what it says in that uh, message translation. It says, open your eyes and there it is. And it went on to say, by taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes such as cannot see. Example, his eternal power and the mystery of his divine being. That verse is from the, the, the message translation. Let me go back to open the eyes. It says, the reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. What I believe the scripture is pointing at is the same thing that God did to those two brothers on the way to Emmaus when he opened their eyes. And I believe that it's not just us opening our eyes. It is when that supernatural hand of God rests upon us to give us that next age. Then we experience it is the Lord scenario. It is not just of human making. You know, I, People pray, people pray with their eyes open. People pray with their eyes closed. Uh, those things does not play when it comes to the supernatural hand of God resting on us to lead us up to the next level that we can see what nobody else can see. I, I have read about the situation uh, William Branham um, um, when, when he was asked, how does he see these things in the spirit the way they so real and so so substantive is very very clear and he has really does he miss when he tells what is going on in somebody's life so where god does something when when he shows up uh those who have been with him see you know kind of see a vibration on his right hand sometimes and that's what he told people that uh, it is when god has shown up god shows up that his right hand begins to vibrate that means his his presence is is mighty at that moment and he wants to do something now at that point he lifts him up like if lifting him up over a a heavy uh, wall and then kind of put him over the wall to look at what is going on down there in people's life and then that is where he gets that revelation to begin to speak it out the way he does and almost always it's always a perfect revelation that he gives a perfect prophetic word a perfect a word of knowledge perfect word of wisdom almost always not all the time he got it right but he said that's how god lifts him up over the over the wall up over the wall and then he can see down below what is going on in people's life and it's supernatural it is nothing natural and god has to be the orchestrator of that that's why he opened the eyes of those two brothers on the way to emmaus and uh, the message that she's talking about you open your eyes and there is and that eyes opening is done by god it is what the psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 18, it says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your hidden love. When we pray that prayer, we are praying the same prayer that God, let it be a supernatural revelation into the deep truths of your word. Open my eyes, O Lord, that I may behold wonderful things, things that are hidden from the human eyes, from the natural realm. I want to see deeper than I can see in the, in the natural Paul also echoed that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8 when he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Wow. The eyes of our heart. Our hearts have eyes. The supernatural ones. 
if those eyes are enlightened, then it becomes easy to know when it is the Lord. In a situation, when it is the Lord manifesting himself in our dreams, when it is the Lord manifesting himself in um, whatever, you know, whether it's in a traffic jam or in a long queue in Walmart or wherever the Lord manifests and shows himself or just tells you, you pull out from here, go this way. I've seen a situation where God manifested himself in a very long, uh, uh, on, on a journey where somebody left the road just in a split second and a very heavy uh, um, uh, my, uh, rock, rock just hit that very spot he left off at. And then he says, it is the Lord. And those things are not so uncommon. They do exist. But the question is, when, when they come, do we know it is him that did that? That's the level he wants to lift us onto, to be able to know when the supernatural is within us and we can operate in the supernatural. Amen? And then, in that message translation, it says, after you open your eyes and there it is, it says, by taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, you should be able to know that it is the Lord. God is in it. His invisible things are clearly seen. And that is talking about meditation, not just mind, mindfulness, the new modernized way of meditation or whatever they call that, mindfulness and mindful game stuff. But it's talking about meditating on the Word of God, deep meditation on the Word of God. I won't conclude this message by not mentioning one thing that it is not too common in this day and age. It's not too common, but I believe it's happening. And it's just not that we are, we are not uh, pushing or we are not pressing hard, but it does happen that we can see an evidence of God with open eyes the things that we cannot see in the natural. So the common struggle that we face in the body of Christ today is being able to get to that level where we can know it is the Lord doing this. You know, because sometimes a lot of other things come in the way, things come in between, and then he's just there doing, he's just there. I'll give us a few examples, but he's just scratching us. I'm here, I'm here, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm here. Just like a daddy and a child. And daddy is telling a child, oh, I got it, I got it. And the child is not even completely or completely in connection, not even in contact with, in, in sync with the dad, what the dad is saying. I got it, I got it, I got it. But then, he says he's in control. He has shown us how to be able to access him in, in those situations. We'll go back to Luke chapter 24 in a minute, but let's look at the two brothers that were going to Emmaus, how that he was with them and they had no clue about it. Look at the disciples when they were by the seaside, how that he was asking them for meat, and nobody even knew the voice of their master who has been with them for about three years. And so the question comes then, is it a common struggle today too in the body of Christ? Yes, it is, because sometimes we get so overwhelmed. We get so overwhelmed with the fish that we didn't catch for that night. We get so overwhelmed mending our nets. In fact, what caught my interest when I read that scripture, in the, in the, uh, what happened at the sea there was, even when Peter decided to jump and dive in and play his court of D, the other disciples, the Bible said they were still on the boat. Bible said they were just still on the boat trying to get the rest of the fish in. I said, you, you can tell the variation. Why will somebody be so much enamored with that news? It is the Lord. And he just went for it. But others were just busy with their thing. Let's just get this thing. As if, if they decide to do what Peter did, the fish will get lost anyway. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, he told you to just catch the fish that you'll catch much. And now you have them and you feel that uh, he's going to let them go just like that if you responded to the revelation that that is him that did that work. No, I, I just believe sometimes we just get enamored with some pettiness and things that kind of take that whole thing and then just kind of closes that whole chapter in, 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 the, in the frame of what God, God is trying to teach us. You know, the same thing happened to the Samuel and Eli. Um, um, uh, I, I would just put Saul, Saul for Saul the king. You know, here is the Lord ministering to you in songs and instruments and tambourine and everything. And he wouldn't know that is the Lord walking in the mind and in the life of David. And all he knew was his own little thing. Somebody's going to take over my kingdom from me. He is getting too much popularity. I don't want this thing. And then take the javelin and say, here we go. You get a yard of here. Miss the mark. Miss the point. This is the Lord ministering to you. And you wouldn't know it is the Lord. You see something else, which is your own personal, personal, personal undoing. There are so many examples of that in the Bible. So many. In Luke chapter 24, verse 36, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself suddenly stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a spirit. Now, that was after Jesus has met those two brothers on the way to Emmaus. He appeared himself, appeared to the, uh, to the disciples where they were staying. And he told them, but they, are, they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a spirit. And he said, why are you troubled and why are your doubts? Why are doubts rising in your hearts? Look at the marks in my hand and the, my feet and see. It is myself. Touch me and see. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. After saying this, look at what he did. He showed them, show and tell, his hands and his feet. Up until then. The general knowledge that they are disciples of Jesus, Jesus is our master and savior, that knowledge is there. But there is this other level that they missed, that he was trying to get them into. But fear, terror, uh, startle, anxiety, all of those kind of washed that level down. That's where we miss the mark. We all go through things in life. We all go through a lot of irritations in life. I mean, you mentioned that. You name it. They are free for the take. Anytime, any day. Take a list, a, book, a sheet of paper. You can write back and forth. The things that so easily irritate us as we walk in Christianity, in, the, in this Christian life. But you'll be surprised that sometimes those things are the ones that get in the way of that level that God wants to do to take us to. And then when he just, he just passed by, we miss it. Until in his mercy, he shows himself again. Hey! I'm here. He just missed me. Why they, were, why they still did not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he asked them for one more thing, another exhibit. Let's try some other thing if you will believe me. Let's try food. I guess you guys like food because you're a fisherman. Okay, anything here to eat? That's what he said. Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, of course, because they're fishermen. And he took it and ate it in front of them. And then he said to them, this is what I told you. While I was still with you, everything which I have, have been written about me in the law of Moses and the writings of the prophet and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Look at verse 45. Then he did what? He opened their understanding. He opened their eyes. Mine here says he opened their minds to help them understand 
the scripture. Oh, how much we need that. I mean, Paul said it, I mean, David said it in the, in, the, in the scripture we just read. Open my eyes, O Lord, that I will understand, that I would be able to know the deep truths of your word. Then they understand because he opened their minds. Amen. John 14, real quick here. John 14, verse 1. Talking about Thomas and Philip. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now look at what happened here. Thomas, number one, start. Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know where the way? Jesus said to him, look at that, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me except, comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him because what? You have seen him. Now, you see, that knowledge is there. There is that knowledge that they have about Jesus. But he's taking them somewhere. He's taking them somewhere they don't yet understand. That's why he says, okay, now you know him, but you have seen him also. Let's, let's look at what happens uh, on the next character very soon. Go ahead. Then Philip jumps on the train here. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient for us. See, the same bugger, the same bugger is going on here. This buzzing around. This idea of Jesus, we don't, you know, we, they know he's Jesus. They know he's their master. They have called him that already. <laughs> but then there is this one thing that is still kind of clouding up the little, that little edge to push them into the next uh, uh, level. Show us the Father and we'll believe. Jesus said to them, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Keep going. I'm going to verse 14. Then, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. And he said, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. We'll come to that in a minute. Go ahead. Most assuredly I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will also do. He will do also. And greater works than this, uh, he will do because I go to my Father. And wherever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Uh, I will do I will do it. So here is two brothers who have asked questions that seem to have jolted Jesus, even though he was not given to sort such jewels. But those questions expose how far they have been with a man for up to three years. That they have walked with him and dined together with him. It's a question of relationship. Relationship has levels. And there's that first relationship of recognizing that you know God. It's when you first recognize that I know God because he saved me. That is salvation. That is the level of salvation. That is the level where you have come to recognize that he is your master, he is your savior. But then there is that other relationship we have been talking about, that intimate, revealing, manifesting, supernatural relationship, which is more like the covenant relationship that he is trying to draw us into. And how about that covenant relationship? That covenant relationship does not wait for God to act first. Because it, it is unbelief to do that. 
That covenant relationship that God is leading us to does not wait for God to do something in me before I trust. You just trust because it is the Lord that did it. That covenant relationship we're talking about does not say, I know, I have it. When God puts that tangible thing in my hand, you want to first of all see it, believe, touch it and feel it before you know it. No, because it manifests and you know it is the Lord. It doesn't wait for tangible evidence. If it is a storm, you see it come through, you see the Lord, that is the Lord. If it is a man that God brings your way, somebody that speaks to you and then tells you about the word of God, tell you this is what the Lord is saying, you know it is the Lord because it registered in you. It doesn't wait for evidence to prove that. It's just like the rainbow covenant that today we see the rainbow, we know somebody said something about this and it is the Lord that is showing up on the skies. Amen? So the question then comes, how do we handle how do we make this work for us? This supernatural level of operating in God. Because, believe it or not, people like the blind Bartimaeus, he was blind. But he heard that Jesus is passing the way and he knew Jesus. He screamed out. It doesn't have to be your eyes are open physically. It is something that goes in the spirit. Because he was blind and he knew the Lord was passing and he yelled and screamed. There was a response. Zacchaeus was short. But yet, Bible says he ran. Could not peep through the crowd because of course he was a short guy. And so in his own curiosity, he ran ahead to just take a very, just like the paparazzi. You know, when they try to put the cameras, you know, over the people's head to get the, you know, the queen's photograph, you can't get it. You just have to find a way to just get a very clear picture. Go front a little bit and then, oh, here we go. You get it. That's what this young man did in his short statue. He ran in his own little way. Went, okay, I can get a good picture. And Jesus said, hey. The Bible says he even went and climbed the tree. Because he was just enamored because he knew it is the Lord. He was responding to that revelation that I see him. I see him. That is him. Blind Bartimaeus, the brothers on the way to Emmaus Road, Zacchaeus. Amen. There was this response that they had when the Lord showed up in unusual way to their lives. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, John the Apostle says something. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. When I saw him, I fell at his feet. There's always, always that response that comes when we know it is the Lord that just showed up. He showed up in materials and immaterial things. He showed up in human in, in human things. It's just to be able to grow up to the level as a Christian walk how we can break away from the natural into the spiritual and know that that person that just came by is the Lord. Or that thing that just took place it is the Lord. That thing that I just heard is the Lord. Like uh, what do you call him? Um, Samuel, an ally. He knew his father was a priest. He has known God by reason of uh, association with a priest. But then the night came when Jesus was standing right there. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. Poop. Samuel, Samuel. Three times. The father says, this is what you're going to say next time because I know it is him. 
I know it is him. Next time he comes, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. The father knew it is the Lord. Son did not know. So there's sometimes that level that he grew up now into to know, Oh, wow. It is the Lord. Lord, speak. Because now I can hear. So we have those scriptures. We have those characters in the Bible. We have those scenarios where God has shown up, but it is just that knowledge that we have in the now, the recognizing knowledge, the knowledge that we know him as God, is good, he's the Father, but then he wants to just move to the next level. Hello, it is me. Supernatural manifestation, when our eyes are, the eyes of our hearts are open to come to that level. In fact, that's where we, I long to grow into that level day by day. And we should hunger for that level of relationship day by day because it makes a world of difference. Nobody can take you out of it once you get into it. Nobody. Because you know it. Because you know it. I mean, it goes with people that are looking for wives or you know, you know, you know, people that want to find a good date. We saw about somebody who did that for Rebecca. Rebecca was how, that was how Rebecca came in the scene. You know, it took somebody to know, God, this is how, this is how I want you to help me find this person. When I see the person, I will know it is you that did it. And sure enough, that supernatural, that inner witness, the opening of the inner eyes of the heart, brought that about. Amen? Amen? So that's... Paul and Silas, as I wrap up here, had the same experience. Can you imagine? I always think about reading about Paul and Silas. That they, I don't know if you have... I think we have been to Sight and Sound. Yeah, Sight and Sound in Lancaster. Yeah. I was just kind of think about that scenario too, that if this kind of character is played, I wonder how they're going to make that place shake like an earthquake to really, really elicit the actual thing that happened. Because we are singing, two, of brothers, two brothers are singing a song and just, just ministering away hymns and song, and then the Bible says the other prisoners were hearing that loud singing going on. And suddenly, according to the Bible, suddenly, that's in the, if you want to look at the scripture, suddenly, um, Suddenly, there was an earthquake. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flung open. And the shackles were broken off of the prisoners. I mean, that must be a mighty tsunami. That, I mean, here we are. Look, you don't even think for a moment that Paul Peter... Uh, Paul and Silas did not, did not shake. I believe they, do, they did. I mean, we were just singing, Lord. We were just singing. What is going on here? What is going on here? I mean, what is going on? Hope, hope, hold on, hold on, hello. There's just no way that they would just be singing, hey, let's keep for Impossible. Because of the way, the graphic description of what happened. Foundation shook, chains broken, doors flung open. But the Bible says they knew it was him. Because when the jailer wanted to kill himself, say, hey, stop, don't kill yourself. <laughs> we are here because our father took control of this. Amen? Yeah. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Because when the Lord shows up, and when we know that he is God, it's always a different experience. A total different experience. Amen? It's always a total different experience. It's always a total different experience. And I'm just praying today that when you know it is the Lord and when you see it is the Lord, play the key of D. Mm -hmm. 
put on your DE keys as you want. You can make more of that. Because I know God has a purpose to bring this message to us because it started actually on Sunday when it was confirmed. He wants to move us to the next level. That's, I believe, what God wants to move us to the next level where we cannot even anyway doubt. This one I know is God. Or this one I know is not God because he can tell us what is the counterfeit and what is not the counterfeit. What is original and what is the counterfeit. Because we can tell if he, it is him, then this one is not him. We discern. We can tell if it is him, we dive in and then dig a little deeper to just know more about him. We can tell if it is him, then we can be able to disperse it. We don't keep it to ourselves. We tell somebody, I know he told me about you because I saw him. I, he showed up. He showed up in our worship ministry. He showed up in our time of praises. He showed up in my time of personal worship, my intimacy. He showed up. And I know, and I know that it is him. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you, Lord. So, do we get this today? Hallelujah, did we get this? Something from here? This is where, I mean, I'm telling you, uh, Phyllis just set the whole ball rolling. I'm telling you right now, because it is exactly what the Lord laid in my heart to really bring to us today. So I bless God that you're here to share this with me. And then we'll say what a prayer together, then we close. Father, we thank you. We thank you because in this race, we have not finished yet. We are still running. And we want to get to the finish line. Now, between now and when we get to the finish line, Father God, we want to depend on that relationship level where we will know it is you that is coming through every situation in our life. That we will not have any doubt in our mind that you are the one that just went by now. And we can catch up with you because we will dive in. And we can catch up with you because we will climb it, even if it means climbing up to elevate ourselves a little bit more in the spirit, to see you more clearly, we will do. We will run. We will not be slacker, so God Almighty. We will not be tardy in the spirit. But we will grow in you, Lord God Almighty, in ways that we can be able to discern between good and evil because we know you showed up and we knew it was you. We thank you because it's our heart's desire to see this same manifestation in worship team, to see this same manifestation in the children's church, to see the same manifestation in our personal life, our family lives, so God. Even when our children graduate, oh God, when we go for their graduation ceremony, we are sensitive in the spirit. Eyes open in the very, very spiritual realm to know when and when not to. To know how and when not how to, God. Father God, we are sensitive because we are not operating like mere men. In this level of growth, we are not seeking to operate like mere men. Mere fishermen who knew their father was with them for three years. But then there's a level he wanted them to go to. They missed out of that. Until in his mercy, he opened their eyes and understanding. So Lord, as the psalmist prayed, we pray today too that God, you open the eyes of our understanding that we might behold wondrous things out of your hidden law in our walk with you today and always. We thank you for it, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.